morning, everybody. Hope everybody is well. Happy Monday for those that are here live. Thanks so much for joining us. It is now, I think it's officially November. Say November? Yeah, I think we started November today. The winter this is, is getting upon us. It's a great opportunity for growth. As the seasons start to change, for those that are living in the East Coast, Northeast Coast, you're feeling it. Fall, getting chillier, it's getting darker. Today, I think sunrise was like, I don't know, like seven o'clock. And there's a lot of opportunity to this. There's a lot of winter is a great time. Winter is a time to bunker down. Winter is a time to spend more time thinking, reading, identifying traits that you want to work on. You're not running around as much. People aren't running as much. There's a certain value that we get when we hug in. Just you can build yourself. A lot of times we run around so much that we become outer type people and we're not inner people. And the opportunity to like focus inner is so critical. And we've been talking about this idea of responsibility, understanding that we, we mean things to other people, even if we don't realize it, that we're all interconnected. We don't live in silos. This happens so many times. I'm dealing with this in a company that I'm working with right now, where there's one person who just can't seem to play nice. It's always drama. And it's, I think, done because of insecurity. But what's happening is, is that I think he is not appreciating the impact that he has on the entire company. It may be like a conversation or a complaint or something that got blown up, but he doesn't understand that when he has that complaint with that person, he starts to create a whole way of doing things. And I don't think if I spoke to him, he would even understand what it means to be responsible for the thoughts and the activities of people that he, he doesn't even talk to. So when he talks to one person, it impacts that person and how they deal. And that person that impacts other people, which impacts other people. This idea that we live in silos, that we live alone, so to speak, that we know who we impact, that we can somehow understand what my actions do or don't do. It's just not true. We have no, we have no idea. We have no idea what a, what a kind word does. We have no idea what a smile does. We have no idea what being empowered means to those who are either the secondary beneficiaries of our, our words or actions or just watching from the sidelines. We have no idea. Think about like a song that you heard or a story that you saw, something, and you're like, wait, if that gave you strength, the person in the story or the person who made the story up, he has no idea that years later, people are being inspired from his actions. 
like I was telling the story once about a guy who was playing in a small town. I don't know if you remember the story of um, Matt, I think his name is, um, I forgot his name, but it was a blind kid from Pennsylvania who learned how to shoot foul shots. You could Google it on, on ESPN, it's unbelievable. And he, they asked him to be a designated foul shooter at a championship game. And he was pretty good. He was a blind kid. His, his brother taught him how to shoot a foul shot, even though he's blind. Think about this by listening to the tap of his cane on the rim. His brother would tap the, his cane on the rim and he would shoot towards the sound, which is incredible. And over the course of his high school career, he was like the, he was on the team. His brother was the coach. And he would always come and come to practice and shoot foul shots. And he was pretty good. He was a 50% foul shooter by just listening to where the sound of the rim was and shooting towards the sound. So there's a tournament at the end of the year, and they, the teams agreed to make him the designated foul shooter, which is not a big deal. He was 50%. And as the story goes, in the championship game, he was like 0 for 8. And the, the team was down by 1. And their best player, All-American guard, I think his name was Ryan Halle, stole the ball, went the distance, and got fouled. And he had the choice to shoot the two foul shots and be the hero or give it to the blind kid who's 0 for 8. And he chose to give it to the kid who got up and sunk two foul shots and became the hero. And I remember telling this story over like a year ago at some school. I'm like, listen, if he would have shot the two foul shots, he would have been a hero for like 10 minutes. Like every single small town in, always has somebody that hits a shot to win the game. And that glow around you lasts for about 48 hours. You feel amazing. You feel like a hero. Even in, in professional sports, the glow lasts five months. You know what I'm saying? Like how long does it last? In, you can always replay it, but like for the most part, like, you know, you hit a shot, you win the game, you're the man that the next day, the next day, the next day, the next day. And then after a while, like they move on to the next sport or the season starts up again. This guy, Ryan, had the chance to be the hero in this small little town in Pennsylvania, West Darby, Pennsylvania. Story's coming back. But instead, he, 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 he gives the ball to this kid, Matt. Who's the hero? And he lets somebody else be the hero. And I was telling the story over, you know, last year, two years ago in a, in a school. And I told the kids, like, Matt Stephen, excellent. Thank you, Ken. Matt Stephen. Check out his story. Matt Stephen. It's the most incredible story. Story about overcoming challenge. Story about everything. But to me, the most powerful moment in the story was there's a kid who was in high school that gave the ball to somebody else to be the hero. But because he gave the ball to somebody else to be a hero, he wasn't, he didn't just miss the 48 hours of the glow of being the hero in the neighborhood. What he got in return was he became, so to speak, immortal. 
because some guy named Charlie is in some school nowhere near West Derby, Pennsylvania, telling over the story in his name. You think a 17-year-old guy with a jump shot in West Derby, Pennsylvania would have any idea that 10 years later, some guy in a school in a different state is using him to inspire other people, to try to inspire people to be better? Do you think he would have ever thought that there's going to be a kid in a school in Boca Raton that's going to sit next to the new kid? Because he heard a story about Ryan giving the ball to Matt Steven? Do you think when he handed the ball over to Matt Steven and said, you try to shoot the shot, I'm going to pass up being the hero and give you be the hero, he would have thought that there's going to be a kid in the middle of Boca Raton? That's going to see a kid that's brand new and just grow, go over and say, hey, welcome to the school. Because he heard a story about a guy. Who, you think that he would ever even dream of that? Because we don't live in silos. And when we do things beyond ourselves, we need to understand that the impact that we're having on other people is beyond what we can even comprehend. The stories that we hear about the Holocaust people sharing their bread, people going beyond each other. You think they thought that they would live or even if they died, that story would make it to the new world and for generations, people would be telling stories, using it as inspiration to become bigger and stronger. Do you think people thought when they were fighting the war of independence in Israel that like, what? They, they weren't thinking of anything. They were just doing the right thing. Maybe they thought that it would benefit the person they were helping. Did they think that it would inspire thousands of other people? Do we, do we think that by acting a certain way and making somebody else smile, it's not helping what's going on in their families? Do we have any idea what that kid who comes home after school with a tough day and because I came to work with a smile and I spoke to my coworker with a smile and she came home feeling empowered and that kid got the confidence that that kid's ability to do math a little bit better that day was because I decided to come to work and not have a frown. That's what it means to be responsible. It means to understand that I have no ability to know the impact of my actions for better or for worse. You think the teacher who yells at that little kid because she's having a tough day and that little kid hates school, grows up and has that chip? Have you ever met people like this? I have. I've met people who teachers have said things to that I am sure they had no idea the impact that it had on them that these people carry around with for years, years. So someone here emailed me about a story of which she was involved in some beautiful production. She's super talented. And like some young teacher suggested that she was, she was able to do what she did, not because of her, but because her parents were big donors to the school. I bet you the young teacher just was having a bad day or just didn't have a filter on her brain. This lady was, it was hanging. She held onto it for like 20 years. 
impact that it had on her, maybe the impact that it had on others, a line from some person who doesn't have a filter, you think she would have known that if she would have said that, it would have impacted this kid for 20 years? Do you know people like this? I do. For better or for worse. Comments, actions, smiles, frowns, how you deal with challenges, how strong you are in your faith, how quickly you'll drop God if things don't go your way. Hypocrisy or integrity. People that I've met who've built an entire life because one time they saw their father get extra change from the cashier and give it back. They built a whole life of integrity off that one moment the father didn't even realize the kid was watching. Or the grandfather that calls that little kid over to sit on his lap and tells him, you know, God believes in you. And the kid just rolls with it. The opportunity we have to make a difference in this world is so beyond what we think. We think only if you're an elected official or you're a clergy or you're an author or you've got a certain level of likes do you are you considered an influencer? It's just not real. Influencers are people that understand that everything they're doing is influencing, even if nobody sees, because at least it influences themselves. And when you influence yourself, you grow. And at some point, somebody sees you and your growth. Forget the impact in the spiritual world. That's beyond us. Although there's tons and tons of information on that. Every time we hold our mouth from saying the wrong thing to our loved ones that no one sees, but just our family, we not only strengthen them, but we strengthen ourselves. Every second of our lives, we're responsible. It can be daunting or it can be empowering, depending on how you see it. Nobody comes into this world alone. We are created alone because that's our power. That's our uniqueness, right? The Mishnah says so, that God created each person separately to show that each person's like a whole world, but you don't come into this world in a silo. There's a family living in the middle of, I think, like Rhode Island. And we interviewed them for a Shabbat show once. I don't know if you remember, they're living alone on a farm. And they were like, alone. And we interviewed them. They're not living alone. They're influencing people. They don't even know. How did I even, how do we even get to them? People heard about it. Can you imagine living without all the accoutrements of life? Then I find out that they go into town to sell their fruit and influences people. They're the only Jews in this area. Other people never saw do before. Like some crazy stuff. And here they are thinking that they live in the middle of some little town that no one's heard of before on a farm. 
and a house that they built with clothes that they owned, that they made, living mostly off the, off the fruit of the land. They think they live alone. And next thing you know, people know about them. People find out about them. Like, how is that possible? Because we're, our souls are interconnected. Our souls interconnect generationally. Our DNA, not even if you get into the world, which is a complicated world of epigenetics, and how certain DNAs get passed and certain these don't get passed and how that works nature and nurture. But it, it lends itself to a certain way, which is a, an awareness that we're responsible, that we're on. That when I get up in the morning, I don't just think about myself. And we get up in the morning, I, I have a job to do. I have a task for the day. I have, I have people to influence, even if the people is just me. And even if I want to walk in with a frown, there's somebody looking. Even if I wanted to put the money in my pocket, it's the wrong thing. And forget right and wrong. Of course, forget the morals. That's the easy stuff. The influence that I can have by going beyond myself. There's a group that I'm working with right now in a company whose manager was a total and complete disaster. And no one knew because she was excellent at pretending that she was uh, sweet and nice to everyone above her. Impact that somebody can, and no one even knew that underneath her was superstars. Each and every one of us is tasked with this ability to make a difference in this world. And we're so confused as to what it is that we have to do to make a difference that we forget that the difference that we're making may be right in front of us every single day of our lives. We're like trying to make a difference and along the way, we're missing the chances to make a difference because the family that we step over, the, per the, the person behind the counter that we grab things on the way to making the difference, people that work for us, that we're not even focusing on, everything around us that we've forgotten about could be what we need to make a difference. Like as if like there's some golden make a difference ring that you pull and then now you've made your difference. King David says this, he says, Evan Ma'asuha Bonim, the, the stone that was despised by the builders, Haisa Laroshpina became the cornerstone. David was overlooked by everybody. He was out in the fields. He was the bastard child, so to speak, even though he really wasn't. They thought he was. He had brothers that were taller, better looking, more studious. He was the stone that everybody overlooked. Nobody thought to be nice to David. Well, that guy who was overlooked became the cornerstone, the king of kings. Well, not he only got the king of kings, the king, the king. That's life. There's a lot of stones that we overlook every day that are really the cornerstones of what, of what purpose really is. Our job isn't to overlook it. Our job is to pick it up, dust it off, and see that it's a diamond. Every day, there's dozens of diamonds in front of us. 
And if we focus on what I should be doing right versus whether the whether what the impact will be, which we have no idea. We can take each moment and realize that even if it looks like a dusty rock, a regular day, an unimportant person as if something like that existed. They're diamonds. And by collecting the daily diamonds, we've done something. All right. Have an amazing day. With God's help, I can't wait to see you in the, in the, in the morning. Have a great day. Thank you.